0: Jesse from see you next Tuesday here Amanda hi hey we want to come on here and say happy pride to everybody in the community and all the allies we see you we love you and we just fully support you in everything that you're doing fully be yourself and don't let anybody else tell you any different
1: and we just want to celebrate you and your month and we actually celebrate you 365 preach so snaps to you hope you have a wonderful
0: pride month and we'll see you next Tuesday and we love you we love you bye hey y'all we're gonna be at the true crime podcast festival this year on August 25th through 27th
1: 2023 in Austin Texas come join us and get 15% off your ticket with our promo code C that's C-E-E at the checkout thank you all so much for
0: listening to us and we will see you there oh no next Tuesday not this time oh, okay
1: Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening.
0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. Hi. Uh, it's been a it's been a week. We I literally say that every week. I feel like, you know, I feel like the next week, you know how you're like, okay, this week is hard. Maybe next week will be a little easy you know, a little easier, a little
1: I don't know yet. I'm still waiting on that week. Has that happened for you yet? It hasn't happened for me since I was like eight. (laughs) Maybe next week will be the week. Yeah, I feel that. I don't think so because I'm not eight anymore. Can we just
0: delude ourselves and pretend like maybe next week will be the week or should we just face reality and be like, no, this is... No, we need to face reality. Fuck. Fine. All right. Well, here we are. (laughs) We hope all of you guys are having a fantastic week though. Obviously, we're not trying to bring you down. Okay. So I'm going to rip some band-aids off already. Ready? Go. TV shows that we've been watching. Shiny, Um, happy people. Okay. We talked about this in the past a couple of episodes. I didn't realize it was already out on Netflix. So I am going to be it binging came, this.
1: It came out yesterday. I came straight home from work last night. Oh my God. And I fucking watched all fucking like four hours of it.
0: Okay. So how many episodes are there? It's like a four part series.
1: Yeah. Like a limited Like Four, maybe five. I don't fucking know. I sat there and I fucking watched all of it till God, but fuck AM in the morning. <laughs> Cause I work at, not the day shift anymore. You work in Fight Club. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Dude, honestly, I...
0: Okay, just don't spoiler... No spoilers. Is it as good as... Is it First of all, is it as good as our Patreon? I'm
1: <laughs> just saying. Is it as good? I'm just saying if you've listened to our Patreon, you already know everything that they've going to oh, tell you.
0: Oh, for real? Okay, good. I figured I was like...
1: Okay, on. except here's oh. the thing.
0: Okay, is this a spoiler alert? Should we warn people? We're just going to say yeah. So heads up, maybe 15 30 seconds ahead. Go.
1: They give you actual video footage of like the materials of the IB LP. Oh, 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 what they believe and stuff like that. Mhm. Like yeah, yeah. their actual curriculum. Uh-huh. Mhm. I mean footage of Bill Gothard I'm using the word preaching lightly. <laughs> you, we're, we're, you're you're stretching the meaning of preaching uh-huh. <laughs> very heavily. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> oh god. Okay. I'm so excited. And and there's interviews with other ex, mm. IBLP people.
0: members of this okay. cult cult group
1: group cult cult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking calling it a cult. I called it a cult in the Patreon. Yep. I'm calling it a cult
0: now. Let's be real. There are sects of every religion that are culty hell there are full religions that are culty so let's be real like, this people. one yeah it, Straight up so i'm very excited i am very excited okay cool that is on my list obviously i gotta watch succession because it's done now so i can like binge all four seasons which that's what i'm about with shit like that anyway so i finished unfortunately the world finished tears of sadness ted lasso and incredible fucking show I cannot say enough about it. For those watching it, it's all about mental health. So it like really makes your mental health go up and in a good way, it makes you go like, wow, this is how we should be communicating with each other. This is how we should be treating people. This is how vulnerable and honest we should be with each other. Wouldn't it be great if, you know, it's kind of like that, but also shows reality, you know, not every time, not everyone's not winning every time, if you know what I'm saying, like shit gets real. Highly recommend that show. Apple TV plus has this cool thing. If you have a PS5, you have like six months for free. So that's what I'm doing for $3.99 or they have three month trial. So if you want to binge all of Ted Lasso, it's all out right now for three months. It won't take you three months. It'll probably take you a week like it took me, (laughs) but the other thing I'm watching is welcome to Wrexham, which is the football club that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds bought. Which is fucking incredible. It's real life Ted Lasso.
1: How does she manage to bring up Ryan Reynolds every single time? God episode, damn it, I guys? did it again!
0: <laughs> it's, it's like he's our unofficial mascot. I don't know. I really am not trying to do I this. I didn't vote this in. I No, you didn't. I'm really not trying to do this. But anyway, what I'm getting to is, also in Hulu, is a show that I feel like you and I need to watch together. You probably are all over this. Drive Me to Dinner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, it's Neil Patrick Harris and his husband, and it's drag queens, and I think they have to make dinner or some shit, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's on Hulu, so we okay, need to watch I'll this to, together. i have
1: to check it out. Y- you're totally into that. So, that's why I was like, girl, she's going to die when she goes on the show. Yes, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. I, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to have to check I know exactly when I'm going to check it out. Never mind.
0: Okay, good. Because, like, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a show for Amanda. And let me see how many episodes are okay out because I mean you know I, I I like a good binger you know it's really nice it's fun yeah let's see it just came out Memorial Day weekend but anyway yeah so that's gonna be amazing uh, and then the bear is back
1: oh wait, I forgot that was coming back July
0: June June twenty second. Yeah, sure. We're going to go with that. Dude, cannot wait. I actually had a dream about it for some reason. Like the first episode and shit. I don't know. But uh, yeah, just been catching up on shit like that. It's really been fun. Reading. Still no job, so I got plenty of time to fuck off. Uh, yeah, good times. For those of y'all looking on the job market right now, I salute you. I feel, I feel your pain. It's, it's not great. It's a, it's a shit show. I think is is the nicest term for it.
1: I mean, been there, done that. Yeah.
0: You know, mm-hmm. you get it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, and I must say this, is a bad recruiting experience on the, on the my side, on the candidate side, you mm-hmm. know, which I knew existed, but somehow got worse. Which is like, did nobody learn their lessons from COVID or? No. Do we, are we all just going to fuck around and just do whatever?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Love that. I mean, do you not recall me telling all my stories? No. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, what is happening? And, and it's now happening to you.
0: And you're oh, like, yeah. the fuck? It's it's insane. Like, like I knew it was bad, but you know, until you experience it, you're not like you're like, whatever, but uh, yeah, no, it's insane. You thought I
1: was lying. No, I didn't think you were lying. I knew I I Oh, I know what it is. Huh. I'm an exaggerator and I'm a storyteller, so people expect that from me. And then when I tell the truth they're like, hmm, she's exaggerating again. No, it's more like, all. I, what it is is you
0: are a good storyteller, yes. Not like, oh, you're telling fake news. But like, you can tell, you can spin a yarn, so to speak. So I was like, okay. And then as I'm out there on the market, I'm like, what the
1: fuck is this shit? It was 100% the-, the honest to the God the truth. Oh, yeah, I did not. No, embellish. No, there was nope. no embellishment in no. any of it. No. It's, it's the
0: stupidest shit I've ever seen. And in fact, I finally found a LinkedIn post by a recruiter that straight up told the truth. And she was like, not hearing back from your candidates. Maybe it's a you problem recruiters. And I was like, Oh, 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 is she going there? And she fucking did. She goes, answer them on time. Give them reasons why or why not. They got selected. Like all of this, the shit she went down basically saying you are the one providing a bad candidate experience. It's not the other way around. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And she's right. I mean, it's employers. The onus is on you to provide us with an a, a, a guidance and feedback and answers. Because, like, if we're out here writing cover letters for every fucking goddamn job that we're putting out there, we're putting time and effort into applying. It's not like a it's not 1952 where you walk in and you go, why? Hello, mister. And you like hand them your fucking resume and you go, well, you look like a trustworthy fellow and they hire you immediately. You know, like. There's so many layers of interviews
1: and re-entering your information in ETSs and cover letters and... And if I've interviewed with you, do not email me three months later to tell me I did not get the job with a generic we've picked somebody else. Oh, oh my God. The generic, unfortunately, we've decided (laughs) to fuck right off. Like, what the shit? And also, if I have given you my resume... Do not make me fill out a fucking application after it's with all the information in the resume. Oh my God. That's my, but okay, so I used
0: to work for a job search company and that was my biggest fucking thing that I would tell people, the employers I worked with. Like, why are you making them re enter the same information? Like, well, we need it for tracking purposes. And I'm like, what? Like, ah, uh, so they put all the work on the candidate, mm-hmm. which if you are trying to get a job, Today, it is a job in and of itself, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. period. Like, it is a job. So, good a job. Fight Club, I had to fill out an application. Yeah. But my resume was, it was like supplemental information. Do you want to upload a cover letter? Do you want to upload a resume? Do you want to upload any other information? Like optional. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's different.
0: Mm-hmm. That, I'm fine with. That's like, okay, yeah, I'll throw down a cover letter because I want to be like impressive and I want to like,
1: I want to give you more information. Exactly. Like, yeah, I want to tell you why you should hire me when I have zero experience doing this job. Yeah, exactly.
0: Which by the way, your cover letter, gold.
1: I told you, you, right? Amazing.
0: Yes. I've been using it for like the career switch jobs I'm trying to get. And then I just kind of like used another one for like the ones that are in my same career you know what i mean but dude that one's fucking fire
1: i told you yeah
0: i was like damn you're like
1: i'm just gonna use whatever gp chat or whatever it is i was like no girl let me send you my cover letter because do you know how many interviews i got with this cover letter switching career paths (laughs) yeah no that was fucking fire so thank you for that Mm -hmm. i just
0: want to tell you on air, so to speak, in front of all of our five million fans. We love you. We Thank see you. Thank
1: you, English. We're, I feel like, you know,
0: like we're a boutique podcast. You know what I mean? Like we're like, mm, have you heard about See You Next Tuesday? No? Okay, well, mm, well, I guess you're not cool. So spread the word, but kind of like, don't
1: spread the word. Like Fight Club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Speak. Mm. I, yeah. While we don't speak of Fight Club, I do have to say. We all know about my previous Mm. experience, right? Mm. Yeah, your previous... Would we call it employment? Circus. Yes. Circus. circus. We all know about the circus. Yeah. So I've been training at the Fight Club. My trainer, like, I had a day. I had a day, one day, where I was just like, I felt overloaded, right? You switch careers, you're being inundated with a lot of new information. My trainer was like... So positive and upbeat, and was like, It's okay, you're doing great, you got this. And like, I had to fix a couple of things. And then they were like, The next things that I were doing, they were all right. They were like, See, you're back on track now, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, girl. What? They treated like a human being? Yeah. That's. Were you like, Come on, you're gonna say something shitty. You're going to say something shitty. Come on. You're like, nah, this isn't real. Right? <laughs> like, that yeah, was your thought. Like, come on. There's no way that I'm not going to be treated like shit. <laughs> How awesome is that, though?
1: I was like. How awesome is so that? every day, I'm like. These, these gems do exist. Yeah, they do. Like, I feel like I'm Charlie and I made it. I got oh. the golden ticket. I'm in the chocolate factory. Literally literally dude that's amazing i'm so proud of you i'm so happy for you and and like yeah that's awesome that's
0: all i could ever want for you is that to ha- to find a place that finally sees you gets you and that you love that you want to continue in. I so love
1: i mean that's all i'm going to say about fight club is that like i'm just like what you're like encouraging yeah yeah you're like encouraging and positive and you're not helping. gonna meet you're, you're not gonna beat me down because like i did something wrong yeah
0: because <sighs> yeah the circus is exactly that a fucking circus
1: i i'm like i think i got ptsd
0: from the circus <laughs> you probably do have a heavy dose of that yeah, yeah oh god okay so cut one order of business i definitely want to address yes is we not this episode but after the next one we'll be going on a hiatus yes a little break for a while yes we just honestly we've been doing this non-stop for oh, oh, two years now yes besides the break we took in last december where we did the best ofs which heads up we're probably gonna do something similar this year <laughs> So if the more y'all listen to our past episodes, the better for you. That's all I'm going to say, especially from this year. Wink, 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 wink. So if you like an episode, go back, listen to it again, because that will influence our end of year episodes is what I'm going to say. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to go on a hiatus. We're not sure how long I'm sorry, guys. I know everybody wants to know, but don't worry. We're we're just going to throw out some social media posts like, Hey guys, what's up? We love you. Whatever. You yeah. know, the usual shit.
1: Yeah. We just... Need, we a need a hot second.
0: We need a hot second. And it's hot as shit here in Texas, so we literally need a hot second. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. We just, we just need a minute. We need a minute to yeah. regroup. Yeah.
0: That's really kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, just like a... And honestly, it's also a mental health thing. Yeah. <laughs> really what it is is mental health. Yeah. We, we just need a little, like, okay refocus, and then come back stronger. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate yeah. y'all being okay with this and giving mm-hmm. us this, the time needed. Yes. Do you want to go first today? Do you want me to go first today? I think it's your turn. It is my turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just
1: wanted to throw it out there.
0: I wasn't sure. So I am super jazzed about the people I'm doing. I, I know I already told you that. <laughs> I was like, I can't oh, wait for new our people. It's so crazy. So the thing is, I'm going back... Not back. I'm just staying in the 90s. I don't know what the fuck the deal is with me right now. I'm just kind of like in it. I I really think I'm unraveling a lot of my past and a lot of it is in the 90s. So here Mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. So do you want to guess the person I'm going to do today?
1: (laughs) No. Okay. That gives me no clue because it could be like Jeffrey Dahmer. (sighs) I don't even know if he's in the 90s. I'm just throwing out names.
0: He unfortunately was. Yeah. I think it was like 80s and 90s. Yeah, really nice. Anyway, I really am looking back at all the people that were kind of like, I guess you could say not influences, but like seminal news moments I remember. How about that? And this was one of them. All right.
1: Was it baby Jessica? Oh, shit. That would have been a good one. God damn it. No, no. we can't do baby Jessica because she just fell down a hole. Yeah, but, you know, we shared the same name. So I felt kind of like sisters with her somehow. I was just mad that she cut off my TGI Friday shows and there yeah. was no... Stupid kid in a well. Reruns of that. No. And you couldn't...
0: It's not like you can go later and watch it streaming or some shit. Nope. Yeah. You're like, what? why do I give a shit about this little girl? And then you're like, oh, okay. She Keep in
1: mind, you guys, that sounds insensitive. I was like eight. Okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. You were a kid, so you like... I was
1: a narcissistic asshole because all eight-year-olds are. Yeah, because they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now I care about baby Jessica and I'm, and she's actually doing pretty well. Is she? She's married with kids of her own. I saw an update about her. I don't know, like a couple of years ago.
0: She's my same age. So I would have been the age that she was when that was happening.
1: Yeah. So you're like, you couldn't remember it then. Cause she was like 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I heard about it later. Yeah. And cause it happened in Texas.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a whole thing. And then yeah. my name was Jessica and I'm from Texas. So I'm like, ah. and back then, and if I'm honest with myself still today, I feel like all us Jessica's share a, like a simpatico. Like we all kind of were like sisters from other misters, so to
1: speak. Do you feel that way about Amanda's? No. Huh. Okay. Because there's so many of us. Yeah. And I had to fight the whole Mandy thing. You call me Mandy. I will fucking stab you in the
0: jugular. Okay.
1: That's a good point.
0: So no Mandy. No, yeah, you're right. I've never heard anyone call you Mandy. I've never called you Mandy. You're not a Mandy either. There's certain Amandas that are Mandys.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? I will stab you in the jugular, she will too. Like, she is not fucking joking. Okay, so we're gonna
0: go back to the 90s, not the 80s. Vicky Joe Almdahl was born May 28th, 19. I'm going to say 68. I put 98. In Thief River Falls, Minnesota. That is not right. That is a fat finger if I've ever seen one.
1: And this is why we're going on a break. God damn it.
0: Yeah. She was born to Donald Jean and Constance Faye Omdahl. Oh, yeah. Constance Faye. Constance Faye. I know it is F-A-Y-E.
1: It's a Faye with an E. Oh. I know. That is almost as good as Bobby. Bobby Holt from the Duggar store. B O Y. E. oh B- god I'm sorry B-O-B-Y-E Bobby that's how you spell uh, Bobby Holt's name I'm in love with that yeah I'm, I'm definitely do you want to have a baby now and name it Bobby no mm. oh you're kind of thinking about it now now I am Bobby Faye Bobby Faye B-O-B-Y-E-F-A-Y-E Bobby Fay. you
0: could just hyphenate that shit yes just that's the first name Bobby point. Faye yeah there's no Bobby Faye
1: <gasps> Bobby Faye Jean god damn it Oh,
0: we're adopting a baby. Yeah, <laughs> we're collectively going to become a couple and somehow
1: adopt a child together because neither one of our husbands want. want God no, kids no. Especially named Bobby Faye Jean. <laughs> <laughs> like they would look at us like, "What the fuck is wrong with y'all?" Like seriously, Hi. why the hell? I know my husband's from the country, but even he would go give you the old side eye. Like
0: really, mm-hmm.
1: God, hold on. Yeah, let, let's see what
0: Podhubby says. Like, let's do a real-time text. You, you do that, and we'll update the listeners huh. as this progresses. So, she was born to Constance Faye, and, 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 okay, so the family was an engineer, retail shop owner. She was one of four kids. She had a brother named Gregory Clark and two sisters, Catherine Kelly and Debbie. As a young adult, a dude, okay, and having high aspirations for her life, she dropped out of high school and met and married Douglas Torfin. Telephone operator in her hometown, and this really didn't provide her with the dream life she wanted, so she divorced him to try to fulfill her life stream of becoming a model. She started modeling in Minneapolis and got some work, but Minnesota, let's be real, isn't really known for its modeling agency, so she moved to Hollywood.
1: Wait, you mean all the top models don't come out of Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, they may come from places like that, but they don't
0: like stay there and become famous if you. What? I know. They do if they're in the Sears catalog. <laughs> That's very true. So she moved to Hollywood, trying to make it big. She then changed her name to Brynden, then Bryn, B-R-Y-N-N. Great name. And got addicted to meth. She started taking modeling gigs, and this is where she met Phil. And
1: got addicted to meth. Well, TBD. I know this, I know, I, I figured out who this is, but go
0: Phil Hartman. Was born as Philip Edward Hartman with two ends, dropping one oh. of them. Oh, what's the update from Podhub?
1: So I said, what do you think of the name, Bobby Faye Jean for a baby? I love it. And I even have this emoji. Wow. And he said, just the opposite of you. <laughs> we knew it though. We, you called it. You're like, he would side
0: eye the hell out of that. He did. That's amazing. He's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we're like, what's the problem? I don't see the problem with this. Whatever. So Phil Hartman was born on September 24th, 1948 in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. He is the middle child of eight. So the fourth child in a large Catholic family. His parents, Rupert Lobig and Doris Marguerite. Oh yes, Doris Marguerite. That's a phenomenal name as well. We're seemingly distant parents to him. I mean, and, you know, it's it's a large family. And knowing what we know about that generation of people from nineteen fucking forty-eight, not overtly affectionate and caring. I mean, the silent generation for a reason, you know, they saw some shit. They saw two world wars pumping out kids. They, they, they got a lot of trauma. They got a lot of trauma. Phil stated once, quote, I suppose I didn't get what I wanted out of my family life. So I started seeking love and attention elsewhere. And this followed him for the rest of his life. His family moved to the U.S. in 1958 when he was 10. First to Maine, then to Connecticut, and then to the West Coast. Where in high school he was known as the class clown. He first. Are there
1: poor people in Connecticut?
0: Oh fuck yeah, Boston dude. Are you kidding? Southeast?
1: Fuck Boston yeah. Boston is in Massachusetts, bro. Oh, you're, right. you're right.
0: No, yeah, of course there are people who are poor in Connecticut.
1: Oh yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I, I just think of Connecticut and rich people. Oh, yeah.
0: I think, yeah. Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, rich, rich, rich. New York, Manhattan specifically. Upper, upper East Side. I'll let, or West Side? East Side? Whatever the fuck. Yeah, I just think rich, rich, rich. 100%. I'm with you. I just think Connecticut equals rich people. Yeah. 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 You're right. So he first studied art at Santa Monica City College and dropped out to be a roadie for a bit Work. And then he went back to college in 1972 at age 24 at California State University, where he studied graphic arts. From this, he started his own graphic art business and made over 40 band album covers, including Crosby, Stills, and Nash's logo and their advertising. So you can thank Phil Hartman for that. He was even on an episode of The Dating Game in the 1970s, this being his first TV appearance. There were actually quite a few famous people and a murderer that were on The Dating Game.
1: I mean, the dating game was fucking amazing. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Honestly, if you look back, it is so cringy. You're just like, oh my God. Like, if I were a food, what would I be? And the guy's like, you would be two ripe, juicy melons and shit like that. It's just so overtly sexual. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing.
1: It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When he was working alone on his graphic art projects, he would pass the time and amuse himself with what he called his quote, flights of voice fantasies. And in 1975, he wanted an outlet for his talent, a more social one. So he joined the infamous and famous improv group, the groundlings. So for those that don't know the groundlings is an improv group that has produced many stars that we know today, mainly from SNL, including John Lovitz, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, Chris Catan, Conan O'Brien, Chris Parnell, Cheryl Hines, Jimmy Fallon, Rita Wilson, Tyra Banks, Dax Shepard, and Paul Rubens, AKA Pee Wee Herman, among many, many, many others. Like legitimately, I could have kept going for another 10 minutes.
1: I mean, we could have done without Pee Wee Herman. I like him.
0: I think he's rad. (laughs) He joined their cast in 1979 after viewing their performances and even redesigned the group's logo and their merch. He became great friends with Paul Rubens, Pee-wee Herman, and together they developed the Pee-wee Herman show. Yep. That aired on HBO in 1981. Okay. History lesson for those Gen Z and everybody out there that don't know what the fuck Pee-wee Herman show is. It's a kid's variety show with Paul as Pee-wee Herman, and you learn like the word of the day. Ah! And then just have fun. Like, it was just...
1: Yeah. It was it just was, fun.
0: It was a thing. It was a thing. You were too old for a Wee Herman, though. I was, like, right at the age group.
1: No, I watched it. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. You just don't... You just not your vibe? I look back and I'm like, this is so
0: weird. <laughs> it was... I mean, of course it was fucking weird. It was, it was also the 80s. The 80s was a weird fucking time. Like, we had, like, such cross crossovers, like, NFL teams with... Shit, like Looney Tunes characters with Pizza Hut with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like they had all of these different like pop culture things kind of coming together. Shit, Ice, like Vanilla Ice wrote a fucking song for one of the Ninja Turtles, in the 90s, Ninja Turtle movies, but still. Like the 90s was also just fucking insane,
1: but it, it was a wild time to be alive in the 80s. Let's be real. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, Huey Herman was just not right. (laughs) So by this time, Phil was 36. All right. And
0: this is old for Hollywood years. And it's only recently been challenged by the likes of like Pedro Pascal, for instance, who started acting in his 20s, but only due to Game of Thrones becoming so fucking wildly popular. He also became a major actor that he is today in his 30s and 40s. So it was only until recently has it been more accepted to be a successful actor in your mid to late 30s or 40s. So Phil actually was at the time thinking, maybe I should just quit acting, who cares? And it wasn't until the success of the script he co-wrote with Paul Rubens for Pee-wee's big adventure movie in 1985 that he started to see career success. He then took on more roles in other movies like Three Amigos and started doing voice acting for The Smurfs, Dennis the Menace, and 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo.
1: Now, The Three
0: Amigos... That was a great movie. It was a great movie. That was a fucking great movie. And it holds up. It holds up. I watched it recently and I was like, okay, we're good.
1: Steve Martin. Martin Short. Martin
0: Short. And shit. I don't know. God damn it. Why can't I think of it? Anyway. In 1986, at age 38, he auditioned for SNL for their 12th season and got a part. He said of this, quote, I wanted to do SNL because I wanted to get the exposure that would give me box office credibility so I can write movies for myself. He would then go on to star in eight seasons and make over 70 characters, some well-known Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase. Thank you. God, why couldn't I think of Chevy Chase? Some well-known characters that he made were Eugene, the anal retentive chef, unfrozen caveman lawyer and impressions of Frank Sinatra, Ronald Reagan, Ed McMahon, Barbara Bush and Bill Clinton of many, many others. Lauren Michaels, who it basically is SNL, he is a film and TV producer, said that, quote, Phil kind of held the show together. He gave it to everybody and demanded very little. He was very low maintenance. And from his work on SNL, he won a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Variety Music or Comedy program in 1989, and then another one in 94 for Outstanding Individual Performance in a Variety or Music program. Phil was a star. So 1986 was also the year that Bryn met Phil on a blind date while she was working as a Catalina swimsuit model, and she was starting to become famous in her own right. Phil had been married twice before, and people said that he likes going after beauty in all forms and ways of life, and that the start of his relationships would be intense, and then peter out over time. His first wife said, one said that he would disappear emotionally and, like, be in his own world, and I could see that, especially, like, if you're a character actor, or you, like, really creative, I can see you kind of going into a zone and then coming back, you know. It has to be hard on a marriage. So she, you have to kind of agree that that's who that person is and you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Brynn at the time was deep into addiction, cocaine being her drug of choice.
1: Yeah, meth, coke. There's a big fucking difference between meth and coke. <laughs>
0: Especially because modeling, you don't want to do that much meth. You're fucking face will rot off so
1: did she put it in her vagina
0: no because that would take twice as long to get high remember yes yeah
1: i i was just asking yeah no great
0: question though (laughs) and it was and is still very common among the rich and famous i mean like let's be fucking real And, and regular everyday people i mean cocaine's still around but especially in the 80s and 90s remember coke was like just out just out
1: 70s shit i mean it would just be It was more pure back then, too.
0: That's true. Very, very true.
1: You don't know what you're getting now today, kids. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. And if you are,
0: always test for fentanyl. Always test your shit. Always trust whoever the fuck you're getting your shit from. And ideally, don't do them at all. Don't do fucking drugs at all. Don't. They started a passionate relationship and married in 1987, quickly having two children, Sean Edward and Bergen
1: Hartman. Bergen's a great name. I think it's Danish. It makes me, it reminds me of, I don't, I don't know who, go. Yeah. Phil Star continued
0: to rise, making more, taking on more roles and eventually landing the TV series on NBC News Radio in 1995. Do you remember that show? No. Okay. He portrayed news anchor Bill McNeil and from 91 to 98, he was a steady voice actor on The Simpsons. He voiced Troy McClure regularly. So if y'all listen to any episodes from their 30 years from 91 to 98 troy mcclure is him they're
1: all on disney plus they are yes
0: other work started flowing in and he got roles in movies like Coneheads. so i married an axe murderer highly recommend that movie definitely watch it and jingle all the way also small soldiers He said of his success, quote, Throughout my career, I've never been a huge star, but I made steady progress, and that's the way I like it. It's fun coming in as the second or third lead. If the movie or TV show bombs, you aren't to blame. (laughs) Which is true. Brynn, though a successful model, didn't see her career taking off like Phil's, and she started to grow frustrated and then intimidated by his success. People said that she could be jealous and verbally or physically abusive, even sending a threatening letter to his ex-wife after congratulating them on their marriage. Saying she would, quote, rip her eyes out if she talked to him again. I mean, that totally makes sense. Yay. Phil saw the strain on their relationship and considered retiring from acting to save it. So he was like, okay, I get this. He really is trying to work on this relationship. I mean, if your passion is, like, acting and you're willing to quit it for your wife, I mean... And, and writing and being creative, yeah, you can tell he's taken a serious look. She was in and out of rehab a lot, and Phil would take their kids to live with friends and family, try to get them into a more stable environment while they're going through all those ups and downs, all that shit. And on May 27th, 1998, Bryn and Phil had a seemingly regular day. Bryn went out for dinner and drinks with writer-producer Christine Zander, who said she seemed to be in a, quote, good frame of mind when they hung out. For some reason... And I don't know why this kept getting highlighted. They're like, she went to dinner at Buca de Beppo. I'm like, who the fuck
1: cares? Like, why do we care? Like, maybe because it's a normal place. I guess. Like, you or I would go eat there. It's not. Absolutely. It's not like, what's that, like, bougie oh, place God. that paparazzi is always I, at? I don't remember. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Where it's like super bougie and like. Yeah. It's just like it literally is like Middle America, yes, Italian food on yes. giant plates.
1: OK. Yes. because I was just like, why the fuck? How is this? Maybe because it's y- quote unquote normal."
0: Yeah, okay. She later went home, and her and Phil had an argument, or Phil eventually went to bed. Phil was arguing with Brynn over her hitting their daughter Bergen while she was drunk and high, not Bergen. Bren. And he said he would leave her if she kept her behavior up or hurt the kids further. Totally a reasonable argument to have. That is a conversation that needs to be had. Especially if your wife has gone in and out of rehab. You know her behaviors. You know her addiction. Completely understandable why he had that conversation. So that night, the early morning of May 28th, Brynn took a gun and shot Phil three times while he slept. First in between the eyes then the throat, then the chest, all while she was drunk and high on cocaine. She had also been on her prescription for Zoloft at the time, which usually treats major depressive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, panic disorder, and social anxiety disorder. So during this time, before this happened, she got sober for 10 years. And I'm assuming as part of her treatment, she went to therapy, of course. And a therapist or a psychiatrist prescribed her Zoloft. Makes total sense. Because also, I'm assuming the amount of coke that she was doing had her so high up that her brain chemistry needed to be re-regulated down. You know what I mean? So it's Mm going to make you depressed getting off of coke. You need to have that regulation back. So after Bryn shot Phil, she kept... This is really horrible... Keep in mind, the kids are still in the house while this is happening. Kids are still there. She drove to her friend Ron Douglas's house and said that she had shot Phil. He didn't believe her because, I mean, who the fuck would? I mean, it's not something you just, hey, friend, I shot my husband. It's not a normal thing. And so he was, she was like, okay, follow me back home. So he did in his car and he was like, Okay. She then called another friend and told them the same thing. Ron went into the house and saw Phil in bed and immediately called 911. Brynn went into the bedroom while Ron was calling the cops and then shot herself in the right eye, ending her life. Once the cops arrived, the news soon followed, and this is what I saw in 1998. Two kids being carried out of the house by cops, not knowing myself, knowing who, how, or why this would or could happen to somebody. And I remember even then thinking, like, Okay, that's possible for people just to kill each other and kill themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand, but also my true crime brain, morbid curiosity perked up and was like, I want to understand more about how this could happen, you know, and, and the who and the how and the why. Mm-hmm. According to John Lovitz, SNL star with Phil, Brynn Bryn had been sober for 10 years before. Andy Dick gave her some Coke at a party. So, For those who don't know Andy Dick, he is problematic. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. We're going to say problematic. And sometimes it's cute when you're like, oh, he's just being Andy. But it's really not. He like, Or I should say, he thinks he's being cute. Like, no, dude, you're drunk and high all the time and you need to get help. You know, so anyway. According to a People article that came out shortly after their deaths, she was, quote, a recovering alcoholic and cocaine user, Brynn had recently resumed drinking after a decade of near sobriety. She admitted that she had a couple of episodes where she'd fallen off the wagon, says a friend. And I remember her saying she didn't want to be an addict. In the last few months, Brynn had been in and out of rehab. Earlier this year, she checked into an Arizona clinic where she'd stayed for only four or five days before leaving. Several days before the homicide, Bryn, who had been taking an antidepressant that can cause violent outbursts if mixed with alcohol and drugs began drinking and using cocaine again, according to her close friends. So the cocktail of Zoloft, Coke, I'm assuming it was Coke and alcohol. It could have been anything. All mixed together caused a violent cocktail in an already unstable person. And then, of course, like, you know, if you're sober for a while, you think, oh, I can go back to using the same amount that I used to use pre-sober. No, ma'am. You got to work your way back up to that amount. That's why a lot of ODs happen, is mm-hmm. because people think they can still have the same. Yeah. After this senselessness, their two kids, Bergen and Sean, went on to live with Bryn's sister, Catherine, and her husband, Mike, in Wisconsin. And we hope all the best for them and that they have been able to heal from this horrific tragedy, like losing both your parents in one day. I mean, can't imagine. Bryn's sister said, excuse me, <laughs> Bryn's brother sued Pfizer saying that Zoloft made her lose her mind, and he did get a settlement of $100,000. He said, quote, I've lost a sister that was such a wonderful person and a brother-in-law that was wonderful. It was very hard. And this is one of those cases that I was, like, oddly fascinated by as a kid, and I didn't know why. I was like, what, 11 or 12? Yeah. But I really didn't understand until, I mean, obviously very recently, how incredibly important mental health is. And obviously what repercussions can happen if you don't have good mental health. I'm just going to leave this here. Substance Abuse National Hotline for the U.S. is 1-800-622-4357 or text 435748 H-E-L-P for you or help for you to find more localized help. But if you or anybody you know that is struggling with substance abuse, it is something that is treatable. It's not an easy road. It's not a great path, but it is doable. And many... People you won't even know have struggled with substance abuse and problems. And addiction is a, it's a bitch. It's a, it's a beast. You know, it takes over your whole life. And yeah. So Phil Hartman, I just, it was such a weird end to such an incredible person, to be honest. Phil, from what I could tell, I mean, he always played like assholes in movies and TV. Like anytime Mm -hmm. you see him, he was always the asshole but my God, apparently he was the direct opposite as a person. He was like super nice and very kind and very giving. He was always like willing to help creative. He wrote and obviously he was a graphic designer. So yeah, just a, just a crazy, a really crazy story from the nineties. So please tell me you have somebody to make this not as I do.
1: Horrific. This is going to make you so happy. Okay, good. (laughs) Zachary Fisher was born to immigrant parents and began working construction at 16 years old to help support them. Whoa. So, then in 1986, Pauline Trost, the wife of the Chief of Naval Operations, was watching a family exit a helicopter with their luggage at the National Naval Medical Center in This, oh, why can't I speak today? Bethesda? Uh huh. And was wondering where the family was gonna stay because the hotels in the area are expensive and would be a big financial burden on the family facing a medical crisis. And Pauline said something to her husband, as us wives do. And her husband, in turn, said something to his friend, Zachary Fisher. And I'm sure they were having a beer, and he's like, You wanna know what Pauline said? And man, she was right. I hate it when she's right. Yeah, you know. (laughs) You know, that is. You know, yeah, yeah. He would never admit it to her, but. Of course not. God, no. He was like, bro, you know what Pauline said? And God damn it, she was right. I hate it when she's fucking right. Don't tell her it's right. Mm -hmm. But you know what Zach did? He took it and he ran. He said, he said to his friend, he said, I'm a builder and that's what I do for a living. And I can do this. Zach and Elizabeth Fisher dedicated more than twenty million dollars to the construction of comfort homes for families of hospitalized military per- personnel to stay free of charge. Oh, hell, yes. As the bricks the foundations of the homes were being built, the foundations of the Fisher House Foundation was being created. Okay. I was wondering like this the last name sounded familiar, but I wasn't sure. This is incredible. Please go on. So Fisher Houses can be found at military and VA medical centers around the world. They have up to 21 suites with private bedrooms and baths. Families share a common kitchen, laundry facilities, and a warm dining room and an inviting living room. Since the start of the Fisher House Foundation, the program has saved military veterans and their families an estimated $547 million in out-of-pocket costs for lodging and transportation. That's insane. Not only do they have Fisher Houses, they also have the Hero Miles Program, where you can donate frequent flyer miles to help bring family members to the bedsides of the injured service members. They also have Hotels for Heroes, this program is to donate hotel points to help family members stay at hotels near medical facilities without charge. And if you think that's all they do, you're wrong. They also have a grant program that supports other charities and scholarship funds for military children, spouses, and the children of fallen and disabled veterans. Wow. So here are some facts. Family capacity, 1,300 families.
0: Damn.
1: Families served. They've served more than 455,000 since the inception. Number of launching days offered 12 million. Whoa. 15,000 students have received $27 million in scholarship awards. Over 70,000 airline tickets have been provided by Hero Miles to service members and their families worth nearly $105 million. That's insane. That's insane. That's amazing. So he was the children of
0: immigrants who necessitated working at sixteen, which yes, holy shit. And he
1: was like, "Oh, I'm a builder." Yeah, Yeah, because he was hanging out with his buddy having a beer one day. His buddy happened to be the chief of naval operations. (laughs) Just so happened, right? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And he was having a beer, and he and his buddy was like, "You know what Pauline said the other day? She was watching this family get off the helicopter." in Bethesda uh-huh. and was like, you know, they're having to pay all this money to stay near the hospital, which you know is so expensive. How can I bet they can't even afford that? And he was like, I'm a fucking builder.
0: I'll build a freaking
1: I'm I'm gonna place. build a, I'm gonna build a freaking house for That's these amazing. people to stay in. I'm gonna just make it a non profit. And, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We have the Fisher House Foundation mm-hmm. that not only has the Fisher houses for them to stay in, they have I what mean, was a Scholarship. They have you can donate your airline miles, hotel points,
0: almost all-encompassing, like mm-hmm. and as it should be because medical costs, even for the VA, can be expensive. Now I do think, correct me, I think most of them are included, but still, it's it's not cheap. It's not, we're in the U S health healthcare is not cheap here. I don't care what insurance you have, if you're part of the VA or not. I mean, it's not great. I mean,
1: it doesn't cover the extended family that wants to come stay with you. No, you know, your, your wife, your kids, your parents.
0: Yeah. And, and God forbid you lost an arm or something that's going to take months to recover in a if hospital not years. if not years in rehab and oh, you can't walk or whatever you do want your family around you to support you I mean you you don't want to have to be alone during those those days and weeks and like sit there. I mean hospitals are uh, you know and just
1: yeah awful I
0: know so, so
1: welcome the Fisher House Foundation
0: amazing now we know the story behind it that's so cool and we'll have links to support the Fisher House, obviously, and all these initiatives. And if you have some extra points, like airline points you're not using, shit.
1: Throw Don't them their way. Them. Donate, Donate them. Donate them. Hell yeah. I mean, who can afford to go on vacation? Oh, God. I mean, you may have the points for the plane, but what about the hotel and the food and all the things? Mm-hmm. Girl, I went to Chick-fil-A on the way to Fight Club. Oh my God. It cost me $10 just for a... See how much fries and a drink? A, a chickie? A chickie sandwich? and Like the normal, the combo, the number one? Yeah. Jesus, Mary now, and Joseph. I did get the large drink because I wanted it to last me at work. Right. You wanted to have enough for yeah. Yeah. But still.
0: Dude, you are not I, lying. I got Chick-fil-A's. the medium
1: fries. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if I got large fries too? You've been,
0: yeah. It'd been, dude, for two people, it's like up to 30 bucks for fucking fast food. No, don't get me wrong. Chick-fil-A is fucking. Oh my god!
1: And the only reason, the only reason I went to Chick Fil A is because at Fight Club this week, on two separate days, two separate people got the Lord's chicken. I had to smell it, so and I was like, like, "Fuck!" Now I gotta get pickle chicken. Have you tried the recipe yet that we gave you? Not yet.
0: Okay. Yeah. We. I well, haven't had time. I know. No. I know. I know. No. No. Absolutely. Yeah. My Pod Hub came up with a like a, a look-alike recipe or like a copy paste recipe, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's been pretty pretty lit pretty late. yeah I, I yeah no i get it i get it i get it totally i know i can tell you're like oh my god well thank you all so much for listening to this episode i really should have sped the beginning of that now thinking back suicide not great yeah yeah sorry uh-huh. guys
1: i mean we sp on the episode <sighs> we do we, we do we only sp them if they're extra over the top
0: extra spicy <laughs> chicken yeah. That's
1: the number two. That's
0: the number two. Yeah. Which also I'm glad they brought into the mix because let's be fucking real. That spicy chicken sandwich.
1: It's so good. But God I got to make sure that I'm in the mood and it's not going to send me.
0: Into uh, the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair. You are not wrong. <laughs> the last you thing you want is a spicy room at work. Because I catch mean my
1: sometimes, sometimes your stomach just doesn't handle it as good as other times. Dude, what is that? Is that called getting older? Yes. I'm putting that in quotes. Because like, what the
0: fuck? Okay. Because yes. I literally have eaten some spicy stuff when I was like, ah, I eat this all the time. And then I'm like, hmm, there's a gurgle. And then I'm like, what the hell is going on right
1: now? And then for the rest of the day, you're running. And then you're like, oh, I just lost some weight. Awesome. I love this You're journey. like, <laughs> look, that thing I ate, <laughs> it doesn't matter how bad it was for me because it ain't no longer in me. Or anything else, for that matter. (laughs) Those calories is gone. Oh, God. You know what? Here's what I want to talk about, guys. Please. Why are people embarrassed about talking about poop? I don't know. Everybody fucking does it. Like, I've talked about poop before, or, like, having, like, the runs or whatever, and people are like, ew, like, they're disgusted, like, I would bring it up, and I'm like, bruh. I mean,
0: we all poop. Like, there's literally a child's book that's called Everybody Poops, for a fucking reason, because... Everybody poops. I'm sorry. Everybody has diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Everybody has constipation. Everybody has, we can keep going. Yeah. Sometimes I would take some constipation. pass. Of the two, I will always take Rhea. Every time. Because like, I'd rather be out than in. (laughs) Thank you, Mike
1: Myers. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just saying like, I don't understand why people get so uncomfortable. Like if I'm describing it, maybe. Okay. Yeah. If you're like, well, it has this like milk and you're like, oh, okay, bro. I,
0: I think also people can get sensitive about, I'm with you. I'm like, it's a bodily function who gives a shit. Just like sex for me. Who cares? Which, oh, by the way, I had to stop following and listening to those girls. Cause they like, well, one of them likes Jordan Peterson. You know who that is? yeah, he's not great. He's not great. I've also decided to call people who are on a certain side of things who may may not align themselves with fascisms. The R words decided to call them R words. So he's an R word and he's very much, there is such a thing as genders, male and female, and there's such a thing as gender roles as in get back to the kitchen Mm. And I was like, "Mm, I don't like this. Yeah. But it was a very informative podcast about OnlyFans. I'm not going to lie. I learned a lot, actually. Have you still been listening?
1: I have not. I haven't had a whole lot of time in my life for any extracurricular activities. Yeah. Yeah. I started teaching myself how to knit and it's pretty easy. (gasps) What? But I haven't had any time to continue that activity.
0: Yeah, you're basically work and sleep at this point, yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. Mhm. That's fair. I would recommend though, guys, stretching your mind even in opposing views because you just don't know what you don't know. So don't shut yourself off from things that are opposite of even what you believe simply because you don't like what they have to say. However, there is okay, it's okay to draw a line in the sand if you're like, I'm not comfortable supporting people who support people I don't like. You you catch my drift? Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm, I think a
0: lot of us just need to start coming together more and going, what do we have in common versus what do we not? You Mm -hmm, know what mm -hmm.
1: I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Although human rights abuses are unforgivable, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's basically where we both kind of land on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We love you, cunties. We love you. We want you to be your full selves. Be your full self this week. Scare some people. Fuck (laughs) them.
1: They're allowed to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Screw those motherfuckers. If you got diarrhea, just fucking tell them. I Dude. got diarrhea. Boom. Say, I'm going to the bathroom. I don't know how long I'm going to be. I got some shit running out my ass. Deal with it. Be right back, friend. Be right back, coworker. They'll probably respect you more. They'll be
0: like, wow, that bitch. She's got it going on.
1: You might come back with some anti-diarrheal med because <laughs> You're
0: like, here's this. Here's some Pepto. Like,
1: <laughs> because, I mean, if you ain't got none, you probably want some. This is very true. Oh, God. Okay, well, on that note, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.
0: You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.